0: The G Podcast, where we speak about science, technology, gaming, and other stuff. And today, with me, I'm the same Giovanni as usual, and with me is as usual Johanna. Uh, we have our guest Armi Temes from Aalto University, and she does well. We what we are going to speak today with her is about district heating and how to get that to use without. Oh, To use no fossil fuel or at least lower the amount of fossil fuel using that so first of all hello
1: oh hello
0: so thanks for joining us and do you want to maybe introduce yourself a little bit first maybe you know how to do it better than us
1: Yes, hello. My name is Armi Temmes and I work at the uh, Aalto University School of Business at the Department of Management Studies as a professor of practice. And I lead a major research consortium uh, called Smart Energy Transition, which uh, in addition to Aalto participants has participants from University of Helsinki, lappeenranta Lahti, University of Technology, VT i forget things we've got economics researchers and, and and others sort of all together 10 research partners
0: okay and so th- this is actually interesting today because usually we try to go into deep technical stuff for this since what we do but we can see it from another side today that's always interesting to see something from a less maybe technical and mm-hmm. more of a I don't know, uh, economical, and maybe policy, or how to do this in the real world?
1: Yeah, we study something which is called socio-technical systems, sort of, um, in, in which uh, the scholars are interested in, in what are the different sociological aspects that have an impact on on major changes in the technological systems. Uh, and And what are the barriers and what are the drivers in there and and we live in the middle of such a transition in the energy world at the moment so so it's very very interesting at the moment. So, interesting,
2: interesting, yeah. and also sounds very complicated because uh, uh, especially because you're not just solving a technical problem because usually you can solve technical problems in a vacuum, so to speak, but here you have to take. Mm-hmm uh many things into consideration and sort of it's it's much more difficult to um
1: yeah yeah it it sort of somehow sort of tries to explain why technological systems do not change even though if the technologies might be Mm -hmm. there And, and and it's it's about sort of actors it's about science it's about policies it is about uh users it's about different practices and cultures that, that affect major changes like the change in, in, in the energy system and, and and therefore some of the things that, that seem to be ready, they don't sort of just happen by itself and, and, and we need a, a different kinds of support, for instance, from the policy field.
0: So to now introduce the topic a little bit so I, this is something I don't really know, but I read a little bit, so I'm gonna try to introduce it in the easiest way. I can do it and hopefully it's clear, and you can always shut me up if I say stupid things. But basically, so we are trying to speak about district heating and uh, how it's done today. It's okay, what is district heating first? It's basically the water that comes to houses and to housing complexes comes from some generator somewhere else, and it can be uh, like a combined plant that produces electricity and or as a byproduct produces water also out of the anyway burning something, coal, gas, whatever it is. And or exactly what we want to speak today renewable energy nowadays. But most of the lines now, at least in Finland, they are mostly traditional burning. Or they are plants made just for producing hot water, and the hot water is then piped to well residential complexes. Uh, not that much. I mean, there is a certain percentage of single houses or detached houses or this row houses. Uh, that's not the biggest amount. Of course, you want to have them. It's much easier to warm your own house when it's detached without being in the line if it's far away but compact uh, building like bigger buildings like apartment complexes they receive this water and it's something like 50% or a bit more of finished houses or apartments in general are served with uh, this heating so basically you save a lot of energy on the production of hot water because you don't need to produce it every time in every place you're just producing in one place is extremely efficient and then just pipe the water and this is used for mostly heating so that's the main idea but then also the hot water in the house is also uh, attached to the same lines the one thing that is uh, at least for what i got as a let's say problem to do the switch into renewable energies or like of course it's not done from one day to the other it's a process Uh, it's that different uh, houses built in different years are needing like different uh, entrance temperature so older houses they use much hotter temperature of the water because of course the house's efficiency is not as high while newer houses that are built now and they all have much Stricter regulation from the EU from Finland and in general, they are much much more efficient. They are more insulated. They need much lower temperature coming in Uh, It was now I'm kind of trying to remember but it was around 60 degree in older houses while nowadays with uh, the floor heating and this more efficient way to heat the houses it can get in at 35 to 40 degree so there is kind of a big difference and the whole system needs to produce water for all the different users. So this kind of creates a little bit of an issue of what we use for what. So this is a bit like the, what I got out of my reading and this is a bit the introduction what we are going to discuss. This reheating, we now use fossil fuel mostly and basically how do we go from there to get rid of so fossil fuel without changing the system too much and so to start maybe i can ask you like what what is your project about this or like what the project you're working on Of course, you're not the only one so
1: yeah our project is is about in a rather broad sense the energy transition a broader than only district heating but district heating is an important Activity that we did uh, broadly, what is happening to the energy system is that because we need to get rid of the fossil fuels uh, in some time frame uh, we we can't anymore use these very efficient power plants in district heating uh, which practically use fossil fuels they are the biggest users of coal in this country the district heating power plants uh of of the big cities and um, and so so that is a major challenge when we need to firstly we have decided to get rid of coal until 2029 and and uh not in such a far future we probably need to get rid of the the fossil fuels otherwise and what happens for the energy system when we need to uh need to sort of uh, reduce the use of fossil fuels is that we need to get to much more distributed energy system so some of the advantages of the centralized production that you mentioned for district heating are no more available in the future in some 30
0: years let's say so so if we, um, if we get rid of the big plants basically
1: yeah we probably need to get rid of the big plants because we don't have available fuels for such plants they were yeah. a really good innovation when they were started we got rid of uh, dirty how specific heating systems oil heating these kind of things and and you can do much more purification of emissions in the in the big power plants and as you said they can produce combined heat and power and they therefore they were a very good system at the time but when we have in front of us those times that we need to get rid of fossil fuels such possibilities are no more available for us in in a big scale we do have biofuels in this country and that is a a solution in probably in many towns in 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 finland but i don't see that it would be an easy or really available solution in for instance in the metropolitan region so so the the availability of of biofuel for the metropolitan region is is probably not the thing so so we need to get towards a much more distributed energy production system which means that we are in front of a situation where our 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 energy system is in addition to being distributed it sort of produces it's more intermittent we've got a lot of variability in the Energy production, so electricity production, when we have to increase, for instance, wind and solar energy. So, uh, so we need to get solutions for for those, and and uh, and that means a lot of things in the district heating system, and and um, we we no more have available this this really sort of even centralized efficient system but we still believe that and that uh, we have a lot of use for district heating it's, it's probably not not the solution to just break up the whole system as at least in the big cities but uh, so these are some things that we are working with sort of the basic thing in the project is what to do in a new energy system which is much more distributed needs to be uh, much more based on renewables and necessarily is much more variable so so we need to have new solutions for that
0: so the 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 thing is uh can be at least for what i'm thinking is two ways of doing this we can have the big power plants well for sure they are going to be there for a while and mm-hmm. of course the transition needs to be smooth and then we are moving the production of the hot water to the like the location of where it's used basically and then is that the plan is it i don't know now I, i'm asking now things that i'm thinking mm-hmm. is it integration of the, the renewable with the whole system or is local production that is detached from the system or maybe um, a combination? this is
1: what we don't know but we believe in our project and our model for the future district heating uh assumes that we still have use for the district heating system for the network of circulating the hot water we just need to have many more inputs into the system than we have today in Helsinki we have today sort of two major power plants and a couple of other power and a bunch of other power plants it's it already sort of produces heat from different locations and we just need to have much more what is happening for the energy system with the increase of of uh, renewable energy, is that our energy system will be much more electrified than it's now.
0: Okay, so, it's going so you to be, produce more h- we hot produce water with electricity.
1: electricity. We can produce electricity with wind power, with solar power, and and uh, and then we will probably use much more equipment like heat pumps which have been sort of uh, increasing in this country already in in many places. Heat pumps are quite effective uh, equipment for turning electricity into heat. So our old energy system is very much based on an idea that all electricity is made of heat. So we first burn something and then we put it into a generator and produce electricity. Now, with the with the, uh, wind and solar power uh, increasing, our system sort of turns a little bit to the other direction, not totally, but uh, but a lot. So, uh, so that's the basic feature of the future district heating model that we've uh, we've done in our project is is that the heating system will be based on electricity production much more
0: than than today. And and
1: that changes many things.
0: The the difference uh, now is, okay, wind of course is just producing only electricity, but then solar can be also this um, like solar heating that is directly heat up, heating up the water or some Mm -hmm. other fluid. And then that can be used or it's more like... Yeah, uh, that's one possibility.
1: Yeah, that's one possibility. Uh, the challenge with solar in this country for heating is that that it's much it's most effective in in the summertime when less heat is needed, and 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 wind is actually much more even through the year. So, uh, because the unevenness of electricity production, it causes the need of storages. We believe. We believe that we we need to store heat. We don't talk only about batteries. They've got their roles, but, but it's it's not going to be in the main part of storages. We believe in the increase of heat storages, be it in the houses, uh, buildings, or be it centralized. And, and with wind power, we know that the ups and downs are usually in the maximum free frequency of about the week so we don't have any need for sort of seasonal storages over the summer time all the way to winter but we need storages for about the week of, of uh of, of shortage of electricity for the for the heat pumps and
0: and, so and that,
1: makes, that makes all the difference for the for the heating
2: system
0: and okay of course Johanna, if you have questions then just
2: i'm I'm mostly just listening because i'm interested i I don't have a lot of uh earlier knowledge on this all right on this subject
0: so the the one thing is that it's uh interesting for me is uh if storing electricity is not easy at least in the scale is needed for uh time
1: frame the time frame, like, the time yeah, frame. And, uh batteries you know. are for very short storages. They yeah. are already now used for what we call sort of frequency markets, sort of adjustment of the frequency of the of the electricity system, uh, which is about seconds or minutes, and 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 that's what batteries are good for. But we can't imagine of of building in this country an amount of batteries that would uh, that would do sort of. Uh, Several days or weeks of storage, and they they are very expensive. Storing heat is much less expensive, and and because the heating system is the challenging one, we we believe that that's going to increase. We, uh, city of Helsinki already has has built this uh, huge cave storage in under kama which will uh, shortly come into into stream, and and it's it's able to uh, store heat and and discharge it in in about four days or something so so this kind of capacities would be really sufficient for for balancing the the wind power based um uh heat and i in in the cases of excess heat you can just charge the storage uh wind power sometimes it blows very very hard and you can charge the storage and and then you can discharge it at other times and 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 for the heating purposes these kind of solutions are probably available in a couple of decades
0: so do you know how to actually they store the the heat is it like uh, they keep the hot water in there or is some other system for storage
1: Basically hot water. It's basically okay. hot water. I'm not quite sure whether it needs some chemicals for keeping it clean or something. I'm not sure yeah, about the details. But hot basically water. hot water.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they have basically have a lot of hot water ready to be, if needed.
1: And then they have heat exchangers. Yes. Or okay. whatever equipment and that they can they can uh, charge the the district heating system to 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 take take back the heat heat from from the caves
0: so the two things that are now kind of missing in the discussion is the how do we go from this uh, single source to a more distributed production do we make each let's, let's speak about uh, apartment houses uh, like mm. big bigger complexes like, yeah. small houses that that's easy somehow but do those get to produce their own electricity to heat up the water, or do they use some sort of uh, small scale like that? It's not really geothermal, but it's like heat exchange with mm. the ground. Like, what yeah. is kind of the idea?
1: Will probably be different kinds of systems. Uh, uh, we'll probably have wind power production, which can happen. In the locations which are available, where the wind conditions are good, and then the the uh, national grid will transfer the the electricity. That's one challenge, of course, to to design the 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 both the national and the local networks in a way that the, the transfer of electricity is possible to industrial scale heat pumps, which may produce heat to the district heating network and then the houses would be part of the district heating network that's one solution that probably happens then probably there will be houses there already are sort of apartment buildings that have decided to build their own uh, ground source heat pumps and and sort of It sort of stopped being part of the the district heating system. So they've decided to be on their own. That might also be double way. There are also buildings that are sort of uh, produce heat on ground source heat pumps, but are still parts of the district heating network for balancing the needs. So they have a reserve system on 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 cold days, and 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 on the other hand, they can produce heat back to the system uh, when they don't need. Especially in areas where the the district uh, system is also used for cooling, because then extra heat might be used for the for the cooling systems. And and so so both things will happen. Local solutions. And large scale solutions. In addition, you mentioned the geothermal heating, and that's a very, very interesting part of this this new system. It might also be rather large scale system producing heat directly to the to the district heating network. It might be a sort of medium scale uh, solution, which could. Uh, serve for instance a shopping mall size of a building or or this kind of things so so it depends on the business models developed in the future how this develops how many buildings decide to get to be on their own and how many decide to be in collaboration with the district heating network and that's something that we don't know we we can't make it in a in a sort of purely top down solution it it depends on the decisions of the of the housing communities of the shopping malls of the office buildings of the schools how they decide to act in this case and it's it's a it's a very interesting and also difficult situation it's very it's it's something that the district heating companies are rather concerned about because because if they Lose a lot of customers. They they their cost structure gets more difficult, and and uh, on the other hand, in in the growing cities, if some buildings leaves the system, it might even make the system easier. But that. But, uh, but it's something that we don't really know. It it happens depending on what kind of business models the actors develop. And what kind of policies we develop for the for the system? There are all kinds of things that that affect this complicated structure.
0: So basically, at this point, it's uh, I have an example here, and uh, also basically this is uh, at the study phase still. So mm. it's the beginning of this change, because again, if you are not sure, you can basically create some. Uh, situation that, okay, it can be done like this, it can be done in this other way, and there are different ways that can be done, but then it's kind of develop naturally off depending on the different players. And one example is that the new building they built in the Aalto University campus that produces most of their heat by thermal exchange pump, and it has, I don't know, the real capacity, but it has solar power on the roof that produces also part of the electricity and uh, heating Uh, that in that building it's just it's a little bit different because of course all the heat is or most of the heat is generated locally from in the building or in the system of the building but it's not a building that requires a lot of electricity it's not like a a big technical building that really has machinery and i mean you cannot really power with solar power on the roof a real Industrial uh, building, let's say like this. So this is a a good case in a a university that is mostly used as school area But then there is in Otanyam is still this project and where they are actually drilling and they well they've done the way the drilling and they are going to have in the campus this geothermal heat production that are going to service of course all the campus of most of the campus and maybe a part of the near city. So that's probably quite a good example now since we all work in Alto University, that the university is actually studying the things but they're actually doing what they are studying about with both uh, more like let's say centralized in, in a way uh, geothermal plant and then each building now starting to develop their own growth system to not be a wait on the
1: The the deep heat project in Otaniemi obviously will will serve the district heating system of of, uh, Espoo. uh, Fortum, the district heating provider of Espoo, being part of the project together with with SD1 who is doing it. And, And I really hope that it works well. We don't quite know yet whether whether everything goes okay whether everything goes okay it's a it's a very very innovative uh project different from from many others and, and and the exciting part is is how to get the two two drilled holes to to transfer the heat through the through the rock uh properly and um but that that's something that it's really really interesting and I, like i said the geothermal heat such as this one is is very very important for 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 the future district heating system it's a, it's a good source of of renewable energy if this technology works and and i really keep my fingers crossed crossed that it functions but we don't quite know yet and I have, um, yeah
2: i've actually a question related to sort of Let's call it accidental heat generation because probably in the future uh, high performance computing is going to be even more uh, needed and and more computational clusters are going to be created because lots of the lots of the big problems are are um, uh, simulations are growing in size and and even more things are going to be simulated. And for this you need lots of uh, computational power and as we all know uh, computers generate a lot of heat and they have to be cooled which then sort of begs the question wouldn't it be somehow useful or or um, or actually usable to combine these uh, computational clusters or, or these data centers where you have uh, dozens or hundreds or thousands of of uh, heat generating machines which are doing something completely different but they are uh, on the side generating heat then combining that with actual um well like a cooling solution which actually uses the heat and cools the, uh, cools the room but then uses the excess heat so do you know are there any this kind of projects or or
1: already this? it's already existing practice Ah, okay. Uh, data okay. center uh, excess heat is is um, is used in 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 uh, district heating systems. Uh, depending on the temperature of the of the cooling water and 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 the amount of it, it can be uh, adjusted to or installed to different places in the in the district heating system. But but that's existing practice. In some cases, they in addition use heat pumps to to pr- to even heat up the the uh, excess heat heat or or the cooling water uh, heat up uh, to reach the temperature whatever is needed in in the local local uh, district heating network that that happens in different places where we have data centers at the moment I'm not quite sure there are different Opinions that I've heard, or it's probably not opinion, but but uh, knowledge, which I'm not quite aware of the scale. But there are people who say that this is not that big thing. After all, but for instance, I know that Fortum is very interested in 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 uh, in the day in sort of uh Encouraging the building of data centers in this country in order to to support that. Another excess heat source, which is widely used, is is treated wastewater, and 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 that's sort of um, fed into heat pumps and 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 then that uh, hot water. Because if you if you fill in fill into a heat pump something which is somewhat warmer than the cold water that you get from ground, the efficiency of the heat pump goes up dramatically, and and so so that's existing practice. Uh, especially as far as I understand, the Espo network has installed. Uh, even more of these data centers to to its district heating system than the city of Helsinki, but I don't know the reasons really. It's probably just sort of commercial negotiations which go in in different ways, but but that's existing practice. And and I know that uh, the little town of, of Mantzala, a bit north of Helsinki, sort of is practically heated totally with the data center which is located there. Um, and with the help of with the help of 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 a, of a bunch of heat pumps, but uh, so so that's something which is really interesting. You hit a good point because with the heat pump technology, it's always useful if if we have a heat source which is slightly warmer <laughs> than the than the cold water in 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 the deep uh, in the in the normal ground source heat pump wells the one that goes to seven, uh, six kilometers in in Otaniemi is, is already much warmer and and there are developments of of medium depth uh wells for for getting somewhat warmer water up uh, than from the standard ground source heat pump wells but but this is something which is definitely developing and, and a very interesting source source of uh renewable heat for the for the heat pumps in order to increase their efficiency and decrease the amount of electricity needed for the for the heating, that's that's really interesting.
0: So while you were discussing, I found uh, the news about uh, one of the new data center of uh, Telia in Helsinki that is working with Fortum about this is producing yeah. thirty megawatt of heat when it's operating at maximum capacity. So this is just all theoretical, basically, and. A, According to this, is gonna be uh, enough to heat between twenty and twenty-five thousand households. So that's not a bad number. Like uh, you have one building yeah. that is needs to be used and is is gonna produce heat that basically for let's mm-hmm. say for free it's gonna. It's not for free, but it's like you're not wasting that heat that you're actually using to heat up mm-hmm. quite many houses, much yeah. more than I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I would have thought.
1: So Other sources of waste heat as as well, which which can be studied. There are companies who who offer the services of trying to map out the possibilities for excess heat in in different operations in order to get these kind of things going. So 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 that's something which is definitely developing.
0: And of course, it's not uh, since that is heat that is going to be waste anyway. Then it's good to use it because, of course, if you consider the production of that heating water, it's really bad uh, energy wise because it comes from a very high, uh, like, like high electricity need place. But since it's discarded heat anyway, so it's basically all the discarded heat is used for free. Yeah, so that's always nice.
1: Yeah, of and, course, the other side of the coin is that this kind of data centers need a lot of electricity. Yeah.
0: they're going to use
1: it anyway we need to have available clean electricity for that so so that's something that we need to remember that as long as we have clean electricity uh this is something which is worthwhile doing but but if we need electricity with fossil fuels it's it's um, it's not the solution to anything but uh but as long as we have so so we still have a quite a pressure to increase the clean
0: electricity production in this country. So that is mostly the discussion because uh, you need, basically, you need anyway to substitute the uh, fossil fuel production energy, whatever you use that energy yeah. for, yeah, renewable. and for already there is kind of a, I mean, Finland is again, it's a small country, uh, well, it's a big area country, but um, yeah. need of electricity is rather small compared to bigger country. And so it's a little bit different situation and the fact that when the new uh, nuclear power plant will get into operation, nuclear will, pro- will offer more than one third of the energy of the country. So that power alone, that the power plant alone is around one third of the requirement. So then it kind of gets the job so much easier when you have a huge power plant that takes care of electricity, and then you can go smaller in the smaller areas of the country that don't need maybe this huge amount of energy in the same place to go renewable because then you are not need to attach to a coal-fired power plant. You can substitute that, that one instead of substituting the amount of energy that the two, uh, oh, it's the two gigawatts that one nuclear power plant is producing. It's not easily substitute with uh, renewable energy at least nowadays. So it's kind of it's a good situation that takes a lot of stress out of the grid mm-hmm. electricity okay. production wise. Yeah.
1: Just to just to make sure that that there's no misunderstanding, uh, this is not a very small country in terms of electricity usage because we. Yeah got no, I mean compared heavy. to let's
0: say Germany, we've Italy. Of,
1: yeah. yeah, but we've got a lot of heavy industry. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That we need to remember. That's something that we need to remember. Uh, the structure is gradually changing, but but still that affects the need of um, need of electricity and energy altogether in this country, and 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 it of course sort of is uh, use of of energy which uh, which is is sort of needs to be sort of 24/7. And um, and so there's a basic load in in this country which we need to understand. But um, but still yes. Um, but if you look at the statistics of the Finland compared to its per capita, a high user of electricity because of because of uh, of this industrial structure. which Yes, so not the- a,
0: like a big user in the number wise. Like I always say that the Nordic are very good example to. Mm take as an example of doing things properly because they are small enough in the scale of uh, needs and population of course is so much smaller then it's a good place to to, you cannot just build in china one power plant that gives that much percentage of the energy of the country like it's it's a different situation that it's a really good example of how to do things and then you can scale it up to like bigger country like that they just need more electricity even if the production line, the need per capita is smaller but they are so much yeah. bigger that Yeah,
1: true, yeah.
0: So that's why here it's kind of, uh, it's really interesting to speak about these projects because it's, it's somehow, well, it's, I will not, don't, don't want to say easier, but somehow it is easier to manage uh, a situation in, in this scale compared to like China scale or any other, Mm, yeah, and this uh, also infrastructure are really good already. So Mm. then you are basically improving good infrastructure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good point. Uh, There are many of these new developments that are possible in this country because of some structures. We've got a lot of smartness in our electrical grid. We've got. uh, Many things uh, in the infrastructures, in the legislation that make things possible. There are, of course, many obstacles at the moment. For some of them are very sort of bagatelle, sort of stupid little thing things that you could say that the devil is in the details in some cases. But these are something. There's a lot of will to to change those. But the problem with this kind of systemic change is that that even if we have we practically sort of discussing the district heating system we've got most of the elements there but we don't really quite know how to run them together together how to run a district heating network which would have somewhat lower temperature than today which would make the the uh, heat pumps more efficient we we don't know how to run a district ne- heating network with so many inputs in different places. We now sort of calculate the temperature that is needed in the in the network from the fact that there is a power plant somewhere in Helsinki at, and and it sort of needs to needs to distribute the heat to uh, to a distance of 25 kilometers and 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 there are quite a bit of losses on the way. So, so you don't really know how to balance this system in a situation with a lot of inputs from different places. You might be able to reduce the temperature of the network, which would be something that we uh, would make many, many things easier. But you already mentioned in the beginning, uh, in the introductory part, the challenge of old buildings, where the ele- uh, energy efficiency is, is low and, and there, heat exchanger equipment is such that they de- need a very high temperature. And all these kind of renovations would be uh, enhanced in this country in order to solve the bottlenecks of, of the district heating system. It would allow changing to these cleaner and more distributed systems if we gradually remove the big bottlenecks. Because as you said, the new areas can be built in a way that that a lot lower temperature of the heating water is possible. There are some limits because you need the hot water in, in certain temperature and, and there are some, some rules about the lowest temperature because of hygienic re- reasons, but, but but still we don't need this 100, tem- uh, 100 degrees Celsius um, uh, water uh, for for heating of most houses. So so there are all kinds of little things that need to be developed. The interplay between buildings and the network needs to be made 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 very very uh, smooth. And it needs incentives for the buildings. It uh, sort of uh, you, you have to make it feasible for the buildings to do these changes. Uh, There needs to be a compensation for, uh, for for instance, sort of uh, flexibility of the demand. There needs to be a compensation for energy renovation uh, things, which sort of gives advantage both to the district heating company but also to the whole energy system uh in 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 this country because the energy system very much sort of uh, the size of it is dependent on the high peaks and if we can do something to to shave the peaks a little bit that's that would be really sort of save us a lot of investments both to power plants energy production networks and 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 all kinds of equipment and and that's something that should be enhanced. We should get sort of uh, buildings, households that they would be willing willing to invest in them. Uh, so 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 that would solve the thing. It would be we talk very often about these millions and even billions of investments needed in the country as if it would be. Government money, but we've got sort of even even in this small country where we we've got sort of five and a half million <laughs> investors <laughs> in these systems if we make the investments feasible for for them so so i'm I'm actually uh, I want to spread optimism in this system, not try to say that this is really difficult. it is difficult there's nobody denying it but it's it's something that is possible. We've got too much of this anxiety about things being difficult, about climate change killing us all, <laughs> and 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 I'd like to see much more sort of action and optimism in these things. That's my basic attitude to this kind of problems.
0: So yeah, basically, it's uh, if, if everybody contributes a little bit, then uh, the big solution is easier. And uh, well, this is always well. Also, this is, I hope this maybe this discussion is if people listen to this and get to, to know maybe these issues that are not really these are not issues that people really easily know it's like yeah okay the hot water is there i many people don't know I, I, we didn't really know how the system worked i had to go to read and then this discussion also helps us to know better and we are already technical people that know how this system work if because maybe some people near us know and they can explain us but it doesn't happen to everybody. So hopefully this helps. And I don't know if Johanna, you have some quick question because we are nearly one hour. And
2: Well, we can... actually, I don't have a question. I have just an, uh, just an observation that I'm always interested in simulations and modeling different, especially different kind of complicated systems. And this sounds like a very interesting uh, area for modeling this sort of um, how to increase the amount of inputs which uh for for the heat network which sort of give less heat uh, than one centralized input and how to spread out and that this sounds like a very interesting uh sort of very interesting system to model and and simulate and and see what happens and i'm sure there's lots of work being done in that area
1: I would love to see proper modelling of those things. It, it's, I I could imagine that the district heating companies are getting into this, but uh, but so far I'm not aware of the really open, good studies of of how it would go, and and it would be really great to see such such studies done.
0: Maybe in the future, it's going to be Johannes Jo. maybe
1: next year not in the far future
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well with this i think we we had quite a good overview of the topic and uh, some hope for the future that's that's always good so i want to thank you to join us to discuss about this first of all and if you want to maybe give to the listener a way to Either contact you or where they can find your work, or where can they, where should they go to know more about the topic?
1: Okay, yeah, that's easy. Uh, our project has a has a very good website, and it's easy. It's smartenergytransition.fi, the smart energy transition written all together, and 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 they, for instance, find a find a very good discussion paper written in English uh which discusses this district heating issue and it it has modeled it against uh the 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 possible future electricity generation model and 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 it has really balanced it over time so that uh it it uses a model that balances the need of um uh, energy at every time of the year and and the production pattern so 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 there's a lot of information on that so smart energy transition dot
0: okay is the place so i'm gonna link this also in the description of the, of the podcast so it's easy to get there and thank you, thank you. well thanks again and this is the end uh johanna this is your job what is the hashtag for today
2: uh hashtag district heating
0: oh god that's so easy okay <laughs> Uh, we do this every episode at the end we, people can hopefully nobody ever does it but we keep hoping <laughs> and go to twitter at stg under, underscore podcast and tell us if you like the episode and if you have questions if you want to know more and hashtag district eating over there so we know that you got this far and you don't want to know more so that's it for us. Have a nice evening, night, morning, day whenever you listen to this. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Thank you for calling.